This is indeed the Shukla Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Tufts, Freeform Radio, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your day. Always appreciate it on another Saturday here in the greater Boston area. And as we get closer to the summer, I tell you, this weather is getting more beautiful and people are getting out more and more, which is always a great thing. But there's a lot to get into in, in terms of the show today. I want to start off with um, with the comments about that Drew Brees had made that garnered a lot of attention, and there's a lot of um, backlash that was sent his way because of what he had said. And I, and I just want to share with you my thoughts and my opinions on it. And as always, if you love to drop a voicemail and give me your thoughts, you can do so by calling eight five five nine one five. WMFO 855-915-9636 So Drew Brees came out on Wednesday He had an interview with I believe it was Yahoo Finance But either way um, He came out and said that That he would never agree with those who choose to, To peacefully protest Take a knee during the National Anthem now, this story has become a, a major story in sports considering what has been going on in, in our country over the past week or so. And we talked about the murder of George Floyd and how I have felt and how I have been feeling um, since then. But this particular comment bothered me on a multitude of levels, and I'm going to talk about why. For Drew Brees to come out and say that shows how... How little care, how little compassion, how little thought he put into his into his statement. Now, I've always been a firm believer that when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Drew Brees showed us exactly who he was in the fall of 2017 when he spoke out against the the kneeling. During the national anthem and mentioned how it was, quote unquote, disrespectful of the anthem and it being disrespectful of the of the American flag. Here's the problem that I have with Drew Brees in particular. The problem that I have with Drew Brees is that you chose not only bad timing in terms of delivering what you really feel felt but also you chose to continue not out of ignorance but you chose to continue not giving a true damn about the plight of African Americans and on top of that you play with black teammates and so forth and you choosing not to lend them an ear to give them any type of Listening and understanding capabilities, or, or at least empathize with the struggle of of African Americans in this country, you choose to allow your white privilege to shine oh so brightly, and that in itself came across in such a way that I can't help but think to myself, dude, you don't understand, and you choose to continue not to want to understand. This isn't ignorance. 
as in you don't know no better. You know better, but yet you choose to look the other way, so to speak. You choose to try to shove patriotism down the throats of, of the plighted Americans who don't enjoy the same privilege that you do. And that in itself is a damn shame. When I first started listening carefully to what he was saying, I really began to say to myself, I really wonder, is this coming from a place of you not knowing any better or is it coming from a place of you know better, but you choose to hold on to that very ideology and thought that you've had for a long time? Now, I respect the fact that his grandfather fought for our country fully. I really do. And I respect all of the men and women, black, white, whatever, who choose to fight for our freedom and our rights. I really do. But what makes me angry from all of this in particular in terms of the situation is, is that you was his grandfather was not the only one that fought for this country. You had millions across the United States especially from the African-American community who chose to fight for this country, survived those wars, and came back to be treated as if they were second-class citizens, whether it's through Jim Crow laws, segregation, and as well as lynchings. That is what gets me angry. The swift responses from the athletes don't shock me at all. That doesn't surprise me. What I'm most surprised about is, is that here we go again, someone who chose to share a different opinion is, is right now being vilified and rightfully so. Here we go in terms of him being one of many people who think just like him, who choose to think just like the way that Drew Brees thought when he came out and made that statement. In which, no, people die for that flag, respect the flag and the anthem, when it was never about the anthem or the flag. As Aaron Rodgers came out and said it best, it was never about the anthem, it was never about the flag. So why does he continue, even four years later, make it seem or try to hijack the true purpose of or what the peaceful protests were all about? Now, Drew Brees is a leader in the Saints locker room. His teammates are predominantly African American. Who have been very outspoken about. Racial injustice. And, 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 and inequality in this country. How is it that. Drew Brees could be so tone deaf. To not only his teammates. But as well as. To what's going on right now. And not only ignoring. And choosing to not. Really care about. Why the protests are happening, why the peaceful protests are happening here in Boston, New York, all throughout the United States. But yet you choose to let your privilege shine oh so bright to try to silence those who have been oppressed through systematic racism and so forth. That in itself is what gets me most upset. I don't understand how is it that. Drew Brees, and there's been conversation after conversation after conversation about this, in which that he himself, 
He's heard it through the media. And I'm sure that teammates have talked to him about this. Yet he still came out and said what he said. That to me will will not will never make <laughs> much sense if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I can't believe that here we are. We're having this conversation. We're having this conversation again about, about why Americans and African Americans are having these peaceful protests. Because at this point, none of this is new at all. None of this is new as to what's been going on in this country in terms of systematic racism, inequality, and African Americans whose lives are not viewed as equal to their counterparts in this country. That is nothing new. But yet when you have a prominent athlete like Drew Brees come out and make statements in which that he's made, it comes across as tone deaf. And that's something that I want to address right now. And I want to point out this very important factor here. Understand that if you have been silent throughout this whole time, that your silence is deafening. Because silence does not end oppression, systematic oppression. It doesn't end with the, the ability to make a change. It doesn't end the ability to stop racism and so forth. Especially in sports where it does exist, unfortunately. And for Drew Brees, I'm particularly disappointed on so many levels because... This is someone who has gone out and has made so many great contributions to his community in New Orleans over the years, post-Katrina. Yet, his comments and his choice of words shows how little, how little care that he has in understanding the plight and the struggle that African Americans live with daily in terms of our reality that he will never understand he will never understand what it's like to have a conversation with their child about what to do and what to say when confronted by police he will never understand what it's like to be to to be to just to have been given looks because you look a certain way or whatever the reason may be he will never understand what it's like to walk while black, to drive while black, to simply go to a Starbucks and meet with some clients while black at a Starbucks, to be able to carry a concealed gun or weapon while black, go look at Philando Castile. He will never understand those things. So while it sits here and verbalize my utter disdain and disgust in what Drew Brees said, let's take a moment and and review and remember as to why Colin Kaepernick did what he did four years ago. And if that bothers you, that's your problem. You have a problem. Not, Not the protesters, not the people voicing their opinions, speaking out against inequality and oppression in this country, but there's a problem. And I've been told on social media that why is it a why does it offend you because he has a different opinion? The problem isn't the fact he has a different opinion; it's the fact that you choose to not see the position of privilege that he in which that he spoke from, in which that does more damage than good. 
You want to talk about ending racism? Recognize your own privilege. And that's what Drew Brees absolutely failed at miserably. He, he didn't recognize his privilege. Because if he did, he would have taken the time to listen. To listen as to why, people, why players are taking a knee. Peaceful protest. Why Nate Boyer, the former Green Beret and former NFL player who came to Colin Kaepernick in the summer of 2016, to strongly recommend that instead of sitting during the anthem, why not take a knee? Because not only that it shows respect, but it shows respect to those who died fighting for our country. But yet people out there who still don't want to understand that. And that to me is the most frustrating part of it all. So Drew Brees, before you can even begin your process of becoming an ally, yes, it is possible to come out and make an apology in which you did, but understand that 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 apology for a lot of people right now is falling upon deaf ears because of so many different reasons. The timing of it all in which that you came out and said, said what you said. And then on top of that, you look at your, 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 your co-workers and your, and your teammates on your team, many of whom are African-American. And you look across the league, the players that you compete against, predominantly African-American. There is a weight and a gravity to all of this. And the part that frustrates me the most is that there are still people out there who, who choose not to understand. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they don't understand. It's they choose not to. And that to me is insulting. It's truly insulting. And if there's ever going to be a change in society and the way that society views and looks at African Americans, the first step is going to have to be recognizing that white privilege exists and that it is a thing. And that is what Drew Brees absolutely failed at. Miserably. We're going to take a music break, but when we return, we'll have more thoughts and discussions on what's been going on this past week in the world of sports. This is 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright, host of the Shukri Wright Show. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Test Street Farm Radio, streaming worldwide on WMFO.org and streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app. Oh, wow. They feel away. 
I was always in the league. Who you wanna be? I'm who they wanna be. B E A U T Y E. Never seen so much rage from a queen. Rage from a queen. Queen so strong, thought she was a machine. Girl of your dreams, Sinclair regime. Turn to the max, can't forget Maxine. But friends with me as a goddess, I'm tired of being modest. 100 degrees the hottest. If we be honest, ever be anybody. Next, people win, they say we be in the mind. Angel in disguise, I hate have to disguise it. Why you gotta despise it? Rich in the mind is why I'm making deposits. Here we all about it's time to realize it. Don't know who take my power, my power, my power. Don't know who take my power, my power, my power. They feel the way, oh wow. They feel the way, oh wow. Don't know who take my power, my power, my power. Don't know who take my power, my power, my power. They feel the way, oh wow. They feel the way, oh wow. This that lightning, this that burn, this ain't no burn, this that nappy, this that herb, this that kinfolk, this that skinfolk, this that war, this that bloodline, on the front line, ready for war, where you want run? Get it loose, get it low, get it low, why you get it loose, get it loose, get it low, get it low, oh, oh, oh. gotta protect my grace, keep it locked in the safe. Don't make me get back to my ways. My power they never take. Don't know who take my power. My power. My power. Don't know who take my power. My power. My power. They feel the way. Oh wow. They feel the way. Oh wow. Don't know who take my power. My power. My power. Don't know who take my power. My power. My power. They feel the way. Welcome back to the Strictly Right Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Tufts Free Farm Radio. Before we continue, um, let's take a moment to do the PSA, which is brought to you by the Ad Council and 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Stay home. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of the coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. 
Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from, the, from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more information, visit coronavirus.gov. So in continuation with the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO, I want to talk about a big piece of news in the world of sports that broke within the last uh, couple of days, actually, and it pertains to the NBA. Now, the NBA announced that the season will resume on July 31st. And with that news brought a lot of excitement on my part. And I can't believe that here we are. <laughs> we actually have sports to look forward to. And one of the things that, that really got me thinking was, in fact, what it will look like and what it will be like. So here are some of the important dates to keep in mind. Now, this was uh, written by Shams Charania of The Athletic in which that he wrote that the NBA Board of Governors have approved the 22-team format to resume the 2019-2020 season, sources confirmed to The Athletic. Now, I also want to point out an important factor here. The 22-team format, in a way, is similar to what the NHL is doing in terms of the 2014 NHL Stanley Cup playoff format that they're doing in their league. So... The following dates are dates that we all have to keep in mind as NBA fans. June 15th, the players that are located internationally return to the market and wish that they're playing their home games. Like, the, if you're the Toronto, not Toronto, Maple Leafs, Toronto uh, Raptors, um, you return back to Toronto, basically, and, and so forth. Re- players report on June 21st, and as well as the following day, coronavirus testing begins on June 22nd. Now, training camp, when does training camp begin, if you ask? Training camp right now is slated to date June 30th through, the, through July 7th. And then the resumption of the 2019-2020 season will be July 31st, and the free agency will begin on October 18th. And then also in terms of there's one targeted as listed in which that they mention November 10th will be the start of the training camp for the 2020-2021 season with December 1st being open at night, which can remain fluid, flexible, based upon um, the coronavirus uh, situation and so forth. Now, also, ESPN had also reported on Thursday, the league had also set the date for the NBA draft, which is now slated to, to be on August 25th, and with the NBA draft being set for October 15th. So all in all, it's really great news and exciting news when you consider that there has been so much talk and discussion as to when will the NBA return. Now we have dates that we can actually look forward to. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm excited in terms of both the NBA and as well as the Celtics, what it could possibly mean for them and so forth. So if you're the Celtics, what does this mean? What does it mean for you in terms of your opportunity to win an NBA title this season? It means that you'll have the opportunity to not only resume your season, but also go through the gauntlet of the Eastern Conference that is before the NBA season hit pause. And I'm talking about going up against teams like Toronto, the defending NBA champions, Philadelphia, in which that this year they have given the Celtics fits, not to mention also 
of course, the class of the East, and that's Milwaukee with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that's going to be quite a challenge for the Celtics if this team is going to make a run for the NBA title this year, and especially for the NBA Finals. So that in itself is going to be fascinating to watch. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this. Even right now with the way that this team is currently constructed, I do have my worries and my concerns. I do. Part of it is, is that I was, a, I was a big critic of Danny Ainge when he failed to address the depth of the bench come the trade deadline that came and went. I just didn't believe, and I still don't believe, even though it's been a few months removed, that this team has a deep enough bench to be able to compete in the East, especially for a team like Milwaukee. You know, I mean, you, you, you're going up against a two-headed monster and Giannis and as well as Chris Middleton and, and a talk about Philadelphia. If they ever can get their head out of the collective rear ends and play up to their potential, you have a legitimate challenge in Philadelphia. And don't forget Al Holford now being in Philly. And who knows what kind of shape um, Joel Embiid will be in once um, this season returns. That's also a big question mark. There's no guarantees for the Celtics right now that, that they will be able to come out of the East. I'm not sitting here saying that they can't, but I am saying that there are legitimate questions and legitimate concerns for the Celtics prospects of coming out of the East, representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Now, let's look at Philadelphia, for example. And the way I look, I see Philly is a team that this team is loaded with talent, but they have absolutely underachieved. I mean, Ben Simmons, yeah, he made a three-pointer finally, but... The fact of the matter is that with Ben Simmons still has his problems. Joel Embiid still underachieving up until this point. Al Horford not happy with his role in Philadelphia. Who knows if that, that all changes once he returns. I mean, we don't know. But at the same time, I can't help but to wonder if Philadelphia, when they do return, the Sixers, if they will even be able to get out of their own way. I don't know. But Milwaukee scares me. Because of just how good they are. And it's not they're not just a Giannis team, a one-man wrecking crew. When you talk about the supporting cast that they have, like a, like a Robin Lopez, for example, I can't sit here and tell you that, that this Celtics team has a great chance against Milwaukee. Because after all, it was Milwaukee who ended the Celtics season last season and got even better this season. So with all of that being said, Toronto, they listen, they're still the NBA champions. And even though they've they have been completely decimated with injuries this season, it's been a lot of fun to watch the team from afar, especially when you consider the job that Nick Nurse has done, considering that they lost Kawhi Leonard on via free agency, but they still kept the core guys intact. Like Pascal Siakam, for example, and Fred Van Van Vliet and whatnot, you know, and I tell you, the emergence of Pascal Siakam as as a legitimate offensive um, force, especially for the Toronto Raptors, I will tell you that that team is definitely going to be an interesting team to watch out for once the NBA season continues. I do find it fascinating that even when you look at the Celtics, and the improvements that they've had this year in terms of just team chemistry. I like what I've seen from Jason Tatum, the, ma- the maturation in his offensive game. I like what I've seen from Kimba Walker, and Kimba Walker stays healthy. Oh, my God. Kimba Walker can potentially be an absolute problem offensively, 
but that's going to be the big key because he has had a n- numerous of injuries um, here and there throughout the season up until the pause. So I do wonder at what point, if you're the Boston Celtics, if you're a Celtics fan, and you say to yourself, just if, if they can, if he can stay healthy, the kind of force that he can be along with obviously Tatum, but don't forget Jalen Brown as well. That I, I find something that's going to be interesting. But the big area of concern for me is going to be the bench. What are you going to get out of out of guys that's coming off the bench like Daniel Tees, also not to mention um, Grant Williams as well, and uh, some of the other guys that you have off the bench. The bench is weak as compared to the other com- uh, legitimate competitors in the East. You just don't know what you're going to have. You don't know what you're going to get from the bench. And that's the part that concerns me. Not so much in terms of the starting five, in terms of what the Celtics have. Because, listen, I still like the, the starting five. You know, you look at Marcus Smart, obviously, Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, Kimmel Walker, and whatnot, and, and his Cantor. I like the starting five. But I would be foolish to sit here and, and say that, well, I don't have concerns in terms of the Celtics because I do. The bench is, is going to be something that we're going to have to watch how Brad Stevens handles the bench moving forward. And that's something that we'll only have a better idea as to how that's going to transpire once they continue the season. And we'll see. Because, you know, once you get to the NBA playoffs, anything can happen. But the fact of the matter is this. The NBA returning on July 31st, who count me in. Count me in. I'm excited. Let's wait and see what happens in terms of how this pandemic continues to shape out and as well as what happens in terms of the Celtics moving forward. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the NHL and why the Bruins are a team that could potentially have negative effects from the layover from the coronavirus pandemic in terms of the NHL pausing the season. That and much more coming up next on the Shooky Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. This is Shooky Wright, you're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Tufts Reform Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is it good for? 
Welcome back to the Strictly Right Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Tufts Freeform Radio. Before we continue on with the show, I want to go over a few housekeeping items and pertaining to the Strictly Right Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Um, also, um, just keep giving everybody a heads up. Um, there's, there's some new episodes of the Strictly Rights Podcast that is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcast. I had um, a couple of really good guests this week. I had um, former NHL player Patrick O'Sullivan. He joined the podcast, and as well as Gordon Damer of ESPN New York ninety-eight point seven FM. He joined the podcast as well. That is now available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And as well as all episodes of the Sugar Reds podcast is available um, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And also as a reminder for those that are just listening to the show for the first time, that all archive broadcast of the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford is available to listen on demand. As a podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So if you happen to be out, you missed a live broadcast of the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO. No worries. Just um, check it out on the podcast on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and as well as iHeartRadio. Also... As a reminder, this show is heard nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and as well globally on WMFO.org as well. So, in continuation of the Shukri Wright show, I mentioned in the last segment about how the pause of the NHL schedule could have a negative impact on the Boston Bruins. Now, the Bruins up until March 10th, which was the date of the last game that they played before the pause, 
They were on an absolute roll, and this team had every bit of of the of, I guess you could say the juice, or they got it of a team that was on track on the express track of potentially getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals this month, but the pandemic happened. They haven't been on the ice in nearly three months. And now with the news that the NHL is pushing back the start of training camp to August 1st, yes, that is official, um, courtesy of uh, Sportsnet, um, that was reported on Thursday that the NHL is pushing back the start of training camp from mid-July to August 1st, meaning that by the time that the players will return to the ice, it would have been nearly five months, four and a half months since any team has been on the ice in terms of being able to to play, train consistently, and so forth. So as it pertains to the Boston Bruins, the concern that I have is this. I am a huge believer in, in, um, in team chemistry. Team chemistry is everything in hockey, and especially in sports. When we talk about teams who have the ability to win a championship in a given season, you look at team chemistry. Team chemistry is everything. And especially when you get hot at the right time, that team chemistry, that team bond is everything, and so forth. In terms of the Boston Bruins, my fear is not so much in terms of the bond, whether it be still be there or not. My concern is that team chemistry on the ice. That's my concern. No team has ever, no professional has ever, from everything that I've read and everything that I saw, in terms of listening to different interviews with players and so forth, and even former players, no one has ever gone four and a half months without skating. Not even the offseason is four and a half months long. Between, for example, when your season ends in June, if you get to the Stanley Cup Finals, and you start... Preparing for the start of the next season, you return for training camp that September. That's three months, and then you have your preseason games. Even if your if your season ended, let's say April or May, and whatnot, you still have at least four months to train, and you're able to hit the ice during that time. Heck, even some players go go abroad and play in the international hockey tournaments for for their respective countries. But there has been none of that. And my concern for the Boston Bruins, for a team that has the best record in the NHL, they're the President Trophy winning team for 2019-2020 season, the concern that I have is how are they going to look? How are they going to be once they return to the ice, once they get back into game action? Now, keep in mind that the Boston Bruins, when they return, Although they they will not have to play in the qualifying rounds and so forth, they will be getting some sort of a late start considering that other teams who have played in the qualifying rounds, they already have got their legs underneath them in terms of game action. Not so much in terms of practice and so forth, which I understand and all which is important, but you look at teams that are filled with veterans, the rest is good. It's great. 
But when you're in a position and in a situation like we are currently in, where frankly, no one has ever faced a situation like this with the pandemic and so forth, how do you handle it? How is this team going to look once it returns to game action? I'm not concerned so much in terms of the training camp, in terms of how they're going to look on the first day or the first week and so forth, because I'm already anticipating the fact that, it, that they are going to look brutal. They're going to, they're going to feel brutal because it's been that long. But I do wonder, in terms of the on ice, will this team still have the same chemistry? No one knows. Your guess is as good as my guess. I could sit here and try to predict what was what's going to happen or how things will sh- shape out and whatnot, but no one really knows. And as, as hopeful as I am in terms of the Boston Bruins hoisting the Stanley Cup, should the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals be played later in the summer, I do wonder how will it impact guys who are older on the roster. For example... Sedano Char, he's 43 years old. How will all of this time off impact him? Patrice Bergeron, he's going to be 35 come July 24th. He's going to be 35. David Krejci, he's going to be entering age 34. Tuka Rask, his birthday already passed away, but he's 33 years old and so forth. But Tuka, time has shown and his record shows that when he has some time off that he does perform better, but this is no ordinary time. We're talking four and a half months since between the last time he he was on the ice and as well as the time that he returns to the ice for training, much less the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, if it's in fact to be played. So that in itself is just something to think about. And I I want to ask you this, and you could Feel free to give me your thoughts. Call the show. Leave a voicemail at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636. It's something to ask and wonder. If the Boston Bruins do not win the Stanley Cup this season, how much will you go back and look back on this season and say, man, that pandemic and the NHL pause really took away what could have been? How many of you will will ask that question if the Bruins do not win the Stanley Cup and if the Stanley Cup playoffs and finals are not played? I think it's a legitimate question to ask. It's not crazy. When you consider the fact that at this point, we know that the NHL has returned to play. All of that has been finalized, like the qualifying rounds and so forth. Um, the, the top four seeds in both conferences, that's all established and so forth. Great. But let's play devil's advocate. What if the Bruins don't get to Stanley Cup Finals? What if? And that's the part that legitimately gets me thinking. Because, again, when you look at the time off and you talk about guys on the ice like, the younger guys, I don't think it will impact as much. I mean, it, they will have some effect on them, but I don't think it will impact them as much. The guys like Charlie McAvoy or Jake DeBrusque, um, you know, for, for example, like the Sean Corrales and so forth. 
I don't think it will impact them negatively as much as I do worry about the veterans, as I mentioned, the, the, the Charles of the world, the Bergerons of the world, the Creatures of the world, the Rask of the world, Yarsaf Halak of the world. And those two are the, the William Jennings Trophy Award winners for the 2019-2020 season, having have given up the fewest amount of goals in the NHL this past regular season. So I can't help but to wonder how will this impact them. I think it's going to impact them negatively. Because there's a fine line between rest and rust. And you, there's only but so much training you can do in terms of conditioning off the ice. But the fact of the matter is that you got to get on the ice to, tra- on, to train, especially to skate. You know, get your legs underneath you. And these guys have had no access by and large part for nearly four and a half months. But... With the news now coming out that the uh, that the NHL um, will begin to move into phase two of the reopening, which means including allowing teams to reopen their practice facilities, that's big news. That's really big news. But I do wonder how many of the players are already back in their home cities for the teams that they play for and whatnot. Because if they can get training now, at least, at least some some sort of like light training and skating on the ice and so forth. That would be big, especially for the Boston Bruins and guys that haven't skated in a few months. I think that in itself is so important. But I think it's also important to also note that there is a difference between training, 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 and then actually playing actual games. That's something that I have to believe. I do wonder... If this would have any effect on them. I hope it doesn't. I just want to make that very clear. But I am very genuinely concerned. Especially. You look at the top line. and We all know the chemistry. That Marshawn. Bergeron and Pasternak have on that top line. The perfection line. Yeah absolutely. No question. But I can't help but to wonder. How would they look once they return to game action. And that's something that I do wonder. Here's the here's also the other part as well. Teams that were banged up, now they're healthy. You look at Toronto, for example, or even Tampa Bay, better yet. Steven Stamkos was out for a while before the NHL pause. And now he's had all this time to get healthy and whatnot. That certainly makes this team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all the more dangerous. Not saying that they're unbeatable. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there are so many levels in terms of why the Bruins, I feel like this could potentially be more of a negative than a positive in terms of the layoff. And I think it's a legitimate conversation to have and not something to completely gloss over. Think about it. For anyone of you who has had the opportunity to to watch this game, you know, go ice skating and so forth. Or even play hockey remotely, especially with hockey being such an enormous deal here in New England and in Boston, you know, like especially with the youth hockey teams, you know, you need the time to train and as well as get and create that that on ice chemistry and get back into game action. Because that also is a very important part of it as well. It's not something to to take for granted either. And although the NHL players are world world class athletes. But they are human beings as well. And even then, you do need a well-oiled machine.
That's for sure. Coming up next, I'm going to offer you my final thoughts. And it's definitely something that you are not going to want to miss. I can promise you that for a fact. So stick around and you're listening to the 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Streaming on the TuneIn radio app and worldwide on w- on WMFO.org. This is Shukri Writes. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tons Free Farm Radio and streaming on the TuneIn radio app.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Memphis streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. It's time for Final Thoughts, and it's brought to you by yours truly, Shukri Wright. It's been some kind of week across the country and across the world with the protests in regarding George Floyd, as well as in the world of sports. We found out that the sports athletes truly do have a lot more of a powerful platform than we all realized. It took, unfortunately, another murder of an unarmed African American for all of us to unite as people and to speak out against what is wrong and what is clearly a grave injustice and and to try bring change to an activity that has been going on in this country for for centuries. And in the process one thing that I've that I've begun to think about is we've seen NFL players and athletes speak out in terms of protest and peaceful protest happening across the country. But one thing that has led me to wonder is this. In the NFL's releasing its statement regarding the, the, the murder of George Floyd, I can't help but to wonder how sincere was it really? And I have my reasons for skepticism, whether you agree with me or not. But the reason being is because, after all, this is the same league that blackballed Colin Kaepernick out of a job. Because he, he peacefully protested to try to bring attention to a particular problem that's been going on in this country for far too long. Now, you have Drew Brees speaking in regards to how he will never support anyone who disrespects the flag. But yet, you have people who disrespect that flag every single day. But not in a way that you would think that would be outrageous, or one would think. So with all of that being said, I want to end the show on this very note here. Ignorance is not an option. It's a choice. And if you choose to deliberately close your eyes and open your mouth and close your ears, you will never grow. You can choose to acknowledge a problem and deal with it head on, or you can continue to ignore and continue to act as if it doesn't exist when in fact it's right there in our face. 
you have an opportunity to use what you've been blessed with to use your platform to speak out to speak out for what is right and to forbid what is wrong don't be afraid don't be afraid and those who have partaken in peaceful protest i wholeheartedly salute you i just hope and sincerely pray that this is the beginning of change that athletes more and more are increasingly speaking out against racial inequality and, and, and social injustice by the day. I hope that this is the beginning of the change that we also have needed for the longest of time in this country. And I hope that for all of you who are still hurting from this story and from this situation, that we somehow find the strength and the courage to come together and to learn from this and begin to not just only ask, but act upon what can we do better and what can we do to become better people. It's never too late for change. It is only if you decide and you choose to remain woefully ignorant and to keep hatred in your heart where we will never become better people and we will never grow growth doesn't happen in darkness when light enters that's where growth begins to take place and it's also where we as people begin to change for the better but it starts with ourselves and it starts with how we are interacted with in whom we interact with at home That'll do it for the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Catch me during the week on the podcast on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. It's been a blast. It's been a blast to be here this week with you again. This is Sugar Right. So you're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tusk Free Farm Radio. Look forward to speaking with you again next week. Have a great week. Stay safe. God bless.